Today's episode is brought to you by Stream by AlphaSense, an expert interview transcript library that integrates AI-generated call summaries and NLP search technology so their clients can quickly pinpoint the most critical insights. Start your free trial at www.streamrg.co backslash PMC. That's S-T-R-E-A-M-R-G.co slash PMC. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not an offer or solicitation of an offer to buy or sell securities. SNN Network, SNN Inc., and the Planet Microcap Podcast and the representatives are not licensed brokers, broker dealers, market makers, investment bankers, investment advisors, analysts, or underwriters. We do not recommend any companies discussed. We may buy and sell securities in any company mentioned and may profit in the event those securities rise in value. We recommend you consult with a professional investment advisor, broker, or legal counsel before purchasing or selling any securities referenced in this podcast. Welcome to the Planet Microcap Podcast. I'm your host, Robert Kraft. Thank you all so much for the support and for tuning in. You can follow Planet Microcap on Twitter at Bobby K. Kraft. That's B-O-B-B-Y-K-K-R-A-F-T. And you're listening to episode 220. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to tweet at me or shoot me an email at rcraft at snnwire.com. And when you do get a chance, if you like what you hear, please rate and review Planet Microcap on iTunes and Spotify. It really helps provide feedback for me and spread the microcap message. Special thank you to our sponsors for today's episode, Stream by AlphaSense, an expert interview transcript library that integrates AI-generated call summaries and NLP search technology so their clients can quickly pinpoint the most critical insights. Start your free trial at www.streamrg.co backslash PMC. That's S-T-R-E-A-M-R-G dot co backslash PMC. And to quarter whose mission is to change the way people look at investor relations and create a completely new bridge between companies and stakeholders. Visit your app store of choice to try it out. And that's Quarter, Q-U-A-R-T-R. We're excited to host our first in-person event in nearly three years. The Planet Microcap Showcase is back in Las Vegas on May 3rd through the 5th, 2022 at Bally's Hotel and Casino. It's time to see each other. It's time to network in person. Let's make it all happen in the entertainment and business capital of the world. For more information, please go to www.planetmicrocapshowcase.com. See you in Vegas. Now for this episode of the Planet Microcap podcast, I spoke with Manuel Mauricio, founder and editor of allinstocks.com. We've talked at length on this podcast about investing is more an art than science, where sometimes even a disciplined investor may slightly alter their criteria because there was something about an idea that caused them to dive deeper or ignore entirely. That's what Manuel and I try to unpack in today's episode, the concept of je ne sais quoi, the inexplicable about a potential investment. And since Manuel is based in Portugal, we closed out today's pod with how I can make my dream of moving to Portugal at at some point happen. Thank you again for tuning in to episode 220 of the Planet Microcap podcast, and please enjoy my conversation with Manuel Mauricio. This episode is brought to you by Stream by AlphaSets. You can find them at streamrg.co backslash PMC. That's S-T-R-E-A-M-R-G dot co backslash PMC. Stream is an expert interview transcript library that is starting to become an integral part to investors' research process. They have a number of interviews on a wide variety of companies, including TMT, consumers, industrials, real estate, and more. Stream provides over 300 expert interviews per week, and 70% of their experts are found exclusively on Stream. Stream is unlike any other transcript libraries. Stream integrates AI-generated call summaries and NLP search technology so their clients can quickly pinpoint the most critical insights. Stream's community of experts and thought leaders partner with Stream to build their professional brands and expand their industry influence. Right now, there are approximately 8,500 plus call transcripts available. For more information, please visit www.streamrg.co backslash PMC. That's S-T-R-E-A-M-R-G.co backslash PMC. Welcome back, everybody, to the Planet Microcap Podcast. I'm your host, Robert Kraft. You can follow me on Twitter at Bobby K. Kraft. That's B-O-B-B-Y-K-K-R-A-F-T. Joining me right now is Manuel Mauricio. He is the founder and editor at allinstocks.com. Manuel, 
Thanks for joining me, man. How you doing? Hi, Bobby. It's uh, very nice to be here. I've been following your work for several years now. I won't say that I, wa that I watch all of your videos because you have a you can put out a lot of content, uh, but a lot of them I, I watch and I've. You've been, and we'll get to that, to that in a minute, but you've been one of the um, contributors to my uh, education as an investor. So thank you very much for having me here. Absolutely. And thank you so much for those kind words, man. I mean, look, when we started this a while ago, um, that was the goal. You know, we wanted to help on the education side and wanted to make it very approachable uh, because, I mean, look, I'm, I'm as ding dong as it gets. So uh, <laughs> we want to make sure that, uh, fel you know, fellow noobs like I, I was uh, can, uh, you know, it's, it realize that it's not so, uh, it's not too, it's not too scary. Investing's not, I mean, it's hard, but it's not, you know, it's approachable. You know, we, what about podcasting? Did, did you find it uh, scary when you started? No, I, honestly, that wasn't the scary part. It was watching myself afterwards. Oh, yeah? I, that was the scary part. I had to get over that pretty quickly. Like uh, now, now I could care less. I, I just did an interview the other day on, on miningstockeducation.com. And that one, I, like I can now finally watch myself when I'm either being interviewed or doing an interview. Um, but at the beginning, that was, that was the one where I was like, damn, you're fat. Uh, you know, you're... You sound like an idiot. <laughs> it's, it's not much has changed, so like it. So I've been able to just accept that, you know. <laughs> and I, I don't know if it it uh, it works this way for you as well, but I I do a podcast in Portuguese, um, and ever since I started doing it, and sometimes I go and watch myself sure. to see if if I look good, and it has helped me getting better getting better at communication, getting better at my looks with my looks, right? Uh, getting a little bit uh, healthier or a little bit uh, more fit or fit. Um, so I think it's it's kind of an interesting thing, not only for your professional, uh, from a professional point of view, but from a self-improvement point of view as well. Oh, absolutely. You know, I, I, I've said the story a couple of times, but um, I somehow like, uh, somehow talked my way into a, a, a surf instructor job uh, back in college. And I, I, I'm not, I mean, I've gotten a lot better since then, but at the time, like I was just really getting into it. Somehow I talked my way into teaching others how to surf. Uh, and, and, but I, I use that example because that actually accelerated my growth because I was able to really key in on certain things that, you know, other folks were doing, they're like, Hey, am I doing the same thing? Like how, how can I improve? Or am I, you know, just really, and also watching some of the other instructors who were much better servers than me and like understanding how they were teaching and all this stuff. So I use that as my example, where I carry that experience over to, you know, podcasting, investing, microcaps, uh, because it, it definitely, there's a lot of carry over there for sure. You yeah. Know, feel, feel, feeling, uh, there's a, there's that phrase where you're just like, uh, you, it's that imposter syndrome sometimes. Right. Uh, and then just, you know, slowly realizing, okay, I think, I, I think I belong, you know, at this point, but. And you um, actually learn by teaching others when going exactly. back to that surfing, surfing lessons uh, or surfing a role, teacher role, you actually learn more when you have to condense information and to 100%. teach others and to convene information in a digestible way. It's a pretty good, pretty good uh, exercise to learn as well. Oh, for sure. For sure. Well, listen, I, okay. Uh, we could turn the mics around. Uh, you can, I, I'll happen to answer your questions all day, but you know, you're on my show. So I'm asking you the questions. So here, here, here we go. I mean, look, I, I've been following you for a while. You, you've come to a few of our events, you know, but for those who uh, aren't subscribers to all in stocks, heard your podcast, you know, where did your passion for investing begin? Well, unlike many other of your uh, show guests, I was an architect. Uh, I don't have a, a finance um, background, I didn't intern at an hedge fund while I was in college. Um, I didn't uh, belong to any investment club. So I spent my college years just hanging around uh, with my friends, partying without worrying too much about life. So uh, that that's a head start that a lot of people have that I don't have. And phew, where do I start? Well, I am from Portugal. I live in Lisbon currently. I studied here as a as trained as an architect. Then I went to live in Barcelona, in Madrid, in Sao Paulo, Brazil. And at some point when I was in Sao Paulo working as a product manager for a Portuguese company, 
um, I had some money uh, stashed in the bank or saved, and I knew I wanted to do something with my savings. The first thing I did with my savings was to invest in a nearly bankrupt bank, Portuguese bank. Uh, I knew nothing, not nothing about investing, nothing about stocks, but uh, the bank was going through a rough period. And I thought, I can make some money here. I'm probably smart. And I put, I remember quite vividly, I put 10,000 euros, uh, which for me was a lot of money. And at some point that those 10,000 euros went to 9,000 euros. And I thought, well, this is my limit, uh, 10% of my money. Uh, I understood that I knew nothing, so uh, I could lose it all. And in fact, that bank, which is a story quite well known here in Portugal, went bankrupt and there's no bank uh, any longer. So that was my first um, encounter with investing in stocks. Uh, I think I've seen several investors talking about this. Uh, I think it was Ian Castle, and you'll you'll see me uh, mentioning Ian uh, quite often because uh, he's one of the the well the my inspirations. But he was saying that I think it was him saying that it's better for an investor to have a, a bad experience at first than a really great experience because if you have a really great experience while you were when you don't know uh, a lot about investing you're going to think that you know more than you do. And then that great experience will probably do you more harm than good in the future. Because instead of investing $10,000, you're probably going to invest, uh, I don't know, a hundred or a million in your next idea, thinking that you're a big shot. So I think it was a good uh, start uh, for my investing career, that bank, which is now bankrupt. Um, (laughs) uh, Quite just, I don't know, a few... I don't know. I mixed things up, but I think it was a few days or weeks after this. I was in Sao Paulo having lunch with a few friends, Portuguese friends. And one of them happened to mention something eh, like he, he was referring to someone, doesn't even know the difference between a stock and a bond. And I was like, hmm, I don't know the difference between a stock and a bond. And I asked him, hey, what's the difference between a stock and a bond? And he told me, I don't remember exactly what he told me, but I know that I went online, Googled uh, stock, bonds. I found, I think I immediately found Buffett and all the value investing, uh, cultural and movement and all of that. And I just got hooked from day one. It was like, wow, this makes real sense investing in stocks like if they were real businesses. I think I've always wanted to be a business owner, but I didn't want to actually operate the business. So the idea of not having to operate the business was just an amazing thing. Let others do the work for me. And I just need to put money there and it will grow. Hopefully uh, it will grow. So it's, I, it, mm-hmm. uh, sorry, I didn't, I didn't mean to interrupt, but no, no, know. no. I wanted to uh, quick follow up here, you know, because l- listen, you're the first investor that I've had on uh, from Portugal, um, which, by the way, we're going to talk about a little bit later because it's uh, my wife and I's dream place to move to at, at some point in our lives. I want to know all about that. I just, I'm, I'm such a fan, and every, I mean, I, we haven't been personally, but I, I'll, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll get there. But I wanted to talk about the finance culture in, in Portugal. You know, and what what is it like? I mean, it, are most do most folks? Uh, and this again, this is coming from complete naivete and ignorance of Portuguese culture. So I apologize. I don't mean to offend, but I mean, what what is finance culture like in Portugal? To us, U.S. I mean, isn't it, okay? It wasn't that long ago, Portugal. It was the country that almost went default, right? I mean, so love love to hear your thoughts there. Yeah, uh, uh, I'm not sure if I'm the the right person to be asking that because since I have no financial, at least um, official financial background, um, I might be missing a lot of stuff here. But from my point of view, what I can tell is that um, most people think about investing in stocks like if it was a casino. And when I say that I'm a full-time private investor um, and I invest in stocks, people will ask me about crypto and about Bitcoin. 
and uh, those things that go up and down. I don't know anything about that. And even CEOs and people with real companies, um, when I try to tell them it's almost the same as what you do in, uh, when, when they acquire other companies and when they run their companies, and like from the business point of view that a stock is part ownership of a business, People just don't, and I would say, don't get it uh, because they don't. We had a, until 1974, we had a, um, how do you say, it was not a democracy, it was a dictatorship, a right-wing dictatorship. And then in 74, the left parties and left-wing parties took over and most of our companies and property was nationalized. So there's a stigma, I, th I think, I'm not sure, uh, but I think much of it from, at least in my parents' uh, generation, boomers, um, there's that stigma that you can lose everything in stocks. Add to that the fact that there's been uh, several blow-ups or in, in Portuguese companies. There are some very good companies. There are some very good companies, but there are a lot of them that are very bad, <laughs> very bad. And people have lost money without, because typically they, the, the financial um, education here isn't like uh, the US where, where the financial system is much more advanced than here. So people don't have... Um, don't have a high degree of financial education. So they will invest in stocks like Xeno and they will lose money. Um, so I think that's the background. Having said that, I think that this younger generation and uh, I, myself included, uh, and, but even younger uh, people, millennials, um, they're starting with YouTube, with Zoom, with uh, newsletters, with all of this, they're starting to understand and to educate themselves um, and mostly um, influenced by the fire movement the financial independence retire early because people just don't want to be working uh, their their nine to five jobs and that's that's the first i think the first uh, contact that people in portugal have with investing they start investing, thinking about indexing, and then probably start thinking about investing in stocks and so on and so on. So um, that's it. I'd like to take a quick second to tell you about this episode's sponsor, Quarter. With Quarter, you get frictionless access to conference calls, investor presentations, transcripts, and earnings reports from markets all around the world, straight from your pocket for no cost. Quarter's mission is to change the way people look at investor relations and create a completely new bridge between companies and stakeholders. The first step on this journey is to let you, the user, interact with the company's content while you're listening. Visit your app store of choice and try it out today by searching for Quarter, and that's Q-U-A-R-T-R. -R. Now back to the show. Got it. Oh, no. That, thank you for that. I it, it, by the way, when it comes to financial education, uh, the, the U.S. isn't we don't it's not that great either. You know, I think I think you could probably ask most investors uh, if they've ever taken a finance class in high school or accounting class. And it's uh, probably less than one percent. I would wager. Um, yeah, but but it's ingrained in your culture. So sure. It, right. You know what index funds are. You know that stocks aren't just papers that go up and down. Although Peter Lynch, if that was completely true, Peter Lynch wouldn't have to tell you that I mean, there are pieces of I, I, I mean I think I think nowadays it's definitely much more ingrained in the culture you know not just having to do with um you know recent boom you know since since uh, the bottom in 2020 and the rise but there's so much more financial media out there in turn not, not just like what we do but you know actual movies and TV shows I mean those things have become part of the 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 culture you know and, billions and, and, and unfortunately the wolf of wall street you know uh Walt, the original wall street you know now all these new shows uh you know uh what you call the we just wa started watching super pumped the the uber dot, uh, show and super pumped let me write it down yeah right it, it's 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 interesting we're and then the third i mean there's so many of these shows unfortunately it seems like it's mostly like you know because it's hollywood they want to do like a crazy story right and then the epic downfall but at the end of the day those are th people are watching them you know and uh and and becoming more 
just aware and not just and even crypto to an extent i'll you know i'm there's still a lot to be understood at least i'm speaking for myself personally but that actually is has helped you know with folks wanting to become more financially literate and understand what's going on do i necessarily think that's the right way i don't know you know it, that does, as, as that long is, as people are trying to become more financially literate, that's all I really care about. So whether they're doing it through crypto, through microcaps, through indexing, it doesn't really matter. Through bonds, uh, it doesn't really matter to me, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I'm sure you feel the same way. Yeah, totally. Uh, that that that's a good. Uh, I've, I've never thought about that in that way. That uh, more speculative assets uh, might be the gateway to learning about investing, uh, mm-hmm. which is. Quite a nice perspective. I mean, that that was actually the original thesis for microcap or for Planet Microcap was um, I just I still think that this is the best place to start. Not necessarily. I mean, yes, of course, you can become, you know, very wealthy if you do your research and you make the right picks. But just in terms of nailing down your process and doing the deep dive due diligence, because I mean, it, microcast there's everything's got hair man so it's great it's a great place to really understand well how you how do you handle risk how do you handle real risk you know Mm -hmm. um you could bs all you want about risk associated with some of these blue chippers out there you know but that's not real risk because there's a good likelihood that they're not going anywhere but in microcaps you know that's 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 where you do do you know (laughs) You know that um, I found, I discovered Microcap Club uh, mm-hmm. almost in the beginning of um, my investing career. Yeah. And almost immediately, I and it's still my favorite resource out there. Uh, I recommend it to everyone and anyone that wants to learn uh, how to invest in stocks. And immediately, I understood that these guys, and some of you, you've had on your show, uh, these guys are really good and i'm not talking about their returns because you don't even well they've got a ranking or there but you don't even know what their portfolio returns a lot of them are uh, just private investors but the level of detail and the level of due diligence that these guys get into i thought this is the place where i need to be this is these are the guys that i need to be learning uh, from even if i want to invest in more easier stocks like big caps uh, i don't know coca-cola mcdonald's which are much easier to understand you don't have to go find information that it's hidden somewhere else and all of that and um, since the beginning i thought microcap uh, investing is probably from the uh, available choices the, the choices that are available to me is the hardest one so this is where i should start at least to learn about how to do proper research and then of course there, there are vc investments and all of that but i think it's the if you wanted to learn about stocks microcaps is the it's hard it's really hard they will punch you in the face um but it's the, the place to be it's really exciting as well Oh yeah, absolutely. And listen, and also exciting can be relative. You know, we got two microcap nerds here, so for us, it's exciting. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but I also co co-sign microcap club is one of the best platforms out there for education. You know, I it, I think the the reason why you went on there and became a, I'm guessing it was on the subscriber side. You know, it, it that that's that's the real meat right there. And I'm sure even folks on there would agree, you know, like uh, you want to be on there, not, yeah. Okay. Idea generation that, you know, that's nice. Uh, but it's really just seeing how they break down stuff and, 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 and I, I understanding think, their theses. That's, I think you have Meredith, Meredith, Meredith. Uh, yeah. On, yeah. I, I remember uh, listening to your show with her and I was like, and for those who are watching or listening, she was a lawyer. She's a lawyer, patent lawyer, something related to that. And That's she right. goes to an extreme, extreme um, detail, finding out stuff, legal stuff about the, the business she's researching, all of that. And I was like, wow, this isn't for me. I don't, I don't want to get that deep into the weeds, but it goes to show the quality of these, of these people and the, the, the depth of research that they do. Oh, we're definitely going to tag Meredith uh, when we when we share this uh, this episode for sure. She she deserves a 
even bigger following than she already has because she's one of the best legendary microcap investors that a lot of people should know uh, know her and everything. But let, let's get back to you. You know, we're, we're, we're I was about to go on a tangent as well. I was going to say, look, the cap, and I'll tell you, the caffeine just hit me. So I could go, we could keep going, but uh, we'll, uh, so I want to, I want you to catch us up. You know, you, you originally started as an art, go back to your back. You originally started as an architect. Um, You realized that you loved investing, that, you know, uh, you wanted to get more into it. Catch us up to architect dipping the toe to now, full-time private investor looking at microcaps, launching a website dedicated to talking about your your ideas at allinstocks.com. Well, um, as I told you, when, when I was still in Sao Paulo working as not an architect, but a project manager, um, I was, a, there was a friend, I had a friend over like one month living there. He was in between, I don't know if it jobs or whatever. And he was there and I was, uh, in the evenings, I was just reading about investing and it was like, one day you're going to be doing that full time. And I was like, aha, I wish. And I knew very little about it. And, um, but I knew, I, I think I secretly, secretly hoped that he was right. Right. And I was like, I really like doing this. I really like, it's like a treasure hunt. You get hooked on it. Right. It's like, let, I've heard about this company, company ABC. And someone told me that it might be a great investment. Let's do my research and find out, figure out if I believe that it's uh, it might become a good investment as well. And then you just and this just uh, it's uh, taking take it with a grain of salt. You just have to put money out there, right? Invest your money and let the business and the management do the work for you. So that's that was really a- appealing to me at first. And Rob Vinal, um, the guy, the English guy that lives in Switzerland, highly recommend uh, watching his uh, his interviews. He has a, 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 how do you say, a motto, which is, I got in because it was easy. I stayed because it was hard. So that's exactly my story. This looked like he's easy. Like I just put a thousand years or a million years in some company and it will go up and I'll become a millionaire. But then you start to realize that, that it's much harder than that. And that, and then you go through a rabbit hole, learning about accounting, learning about fi- and for, for obviously for those who don't know anything, who ha- don't have a finance background, um, you, you need to learn about f- uh, accounting, finance, you need to learn about decision-making, about uh, behavioral finance, about psychology, a lot, about a lot of stuff. And these things sucks you, right? It's a whole new world. At least that's how I, I, I saw it. And that's how I see it. It's a whole new world. And better yet, you have on Twitter and on message boards and all of that, a whole community of people just talking about the same things. And it just hooks you up, right? For me, it was like that. Um, and then I, at some point, I returned in 2018. I returned to Portugal. I had my girlfriend living here. Um, the My company there had to scale down operations. Another good story. If you are interested in it, building, uh, going to Brazil, European companies going to Brazil, thinking that they'll find something and they find something else. Um, and then um, I came back to, to Portugal in 2018 and I decided, well, let's uh, seize this opportunity to learn a bit about finance, about accounting, all of that. I knew that I still had to learn a lot. And then probably I'll get a, a job as an architect after one or two years after I learned what I, what I, what I wanted to learn. So until today, this is four or five years uh, down the road. Um, and at some point, a fellow investor, Portuguese investor, who runs a the biggest newsletter, uh, finance, investing newsletter here in Portugal, even before newsletters were cool, um, he noticed me because I was always coming up with questions and stuff on his uh, on his uh, forum and on his Facebook group, and he thought, well. He's a guy that can help me, um, and he invited me to join him and open uh, a new branch of the newsletter just for uh, American companies. And I said, okay. Then we started negotiations. Negotiations didn't go well, and each of us uh, went our separate ways. And I thought to myself, well, if this guy 
believes that I can do this. Why don't I believe in myself? So I started the blog, allinstock.com, which at some point uh, turned into a paid newsletter. And now it's shifting into an investment school. Uh, I want to make it like a one-stop shop for novice investors where they can learn all about investing. So I had a very, very long uh, learning curve. I, I'm, I, I'm a slow learner. Everyone wants to be a fast learner. I'm a real slow learner. So I got to read the same thing over and over again. So it gets in, in uh, hatched into my brain. So I decided th- there's got to be a better way to do this. And that's what I'm trying to do now, make it uh, the one-stop shop for people who know nothing, to take people from zero to hero um, and to learn about investing. That's very, it. Very cool. And so let's get into some of the nitty gritty now, you know, investing philosophy, everything. But first things first, you know, being a, a, a Portuguese local, do you, do you specifically look at certain regions or are you looking at global opportunities mostly us can i know not not very different from uh, your other guests us canada europe uh, to a lesser extent hong kong and uh, australia uh, that's for now that's uh, where i've been to and mostly us and canadian companies uh, I also own a one company from Australia. You've had the CEO uh, on your show just recently, and um, uh, that's it. I don't typically look uh, too much into Europe, but I'm starting to change that because there's a lot of value here. And mo- I would say, not sure if this is correct or accurate, I would say that it's still... Some places are still, um, how do you say, undiscovered. For instance, let's take Portugal. I have, apart from that lousy bank that I bought into, I've just invested in one other stock in Portugal, and it was a lousy company. I, I sold Apple to buy that company because theoretically it was turning around and it would be much, much better than Apple. And then look at Apple, and that stock went just downwards from when I when I bought it and when I sold it. Um, so, uh, but the, the thing is every once in a while in Portugal, there are, uh, good, good stocks or good situations. Uh, I'm looking at a spin-off and you've had, uh, Rick, Rich, Rick from spin-off investing, uh, on your show. And this is a spin-off that it looks like, and I'm still doing my due diligence. No one is lo- watching. So it will spin off. It's a paper pulp company. Uh, which is spinning off its energy business um, into a different uh, public company. And theoretically, and I'm still doing the the research, it's going to, after the spinoff, the paper pulp company will become, will be super, super cheap. And it seems like nobody's watching, of course. It might not be like this. There might be some hair there. Okay, I understand that. Uh, But... There is, because it's Portugal, I don't think, because it's a small company, because it's, uh, I don't know, all of these uh, inefficiencies exist, right? Uh, you are an hedging fund manager from the US wouldn't typically go, uh, come to Portugal to look for spin-offs. But here it is, and some other, um, there are some other businesses that that have been massive, massive, uh, uh, great, great investments. Uh, so this is it. Yeah. So, so, are, so is Portuguese public companies, if they're not listed, other, where are they, are they listed? What is it? The Euro next Lisbon? Is that, yeah. is that the main exchange? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Gotcha. That's okay, it. cool. So let's talk about your ideal investment because you, you kind of already hit on what your, your investing philosophy is. You know, you, you tend to gravitate towards value. I mean, if you go right on all in stocks.com, it's the investor's guide to how Warren Buffett uh, invests. So clearly value is your game. Um, so for you, though, right now, what does what that ideal investment look like for you? I'm not sure if my, my game is value investing. Of course, that, there's all of these definitions that you can come up with. And growth is a part is value and value is, well, whatever. I think, um, uh, how do you say this? Uh, I, if, you, if you look at my portfolio, and you're going to find compounders, you're going to find commodities you're going to find health tech you're going to find 
social media, you're going to find special finance companies. So it's not as if I can tell you what's my style or I can fit in a well-defined style or philosophy. Um, it's more of, I would call it the X factor. It The stock has to have, or the company has to have a, an, a je ne sais quoi in French, the, an X factor, something uh, that makes me want to own it and that makes me be excited about it okay a lot of people and i i say too but a lot of people say that borrowing investments are the best investments that is true but the th i got in this because it was exciting right to find the treasure to find the, the pot of gold at the end of, of the rainbow so i want to get excited i want to uh like what I, I get out of bed in the morning and think I'm going to find that stock, right? Then I have to tone it down and I've had to put systems in place to tone this down uh, because if I find a stock that I like, I well, a couple of years ago, I would put 30% of my money <laughs> in that stock and I realized, well, this isn't a great, uh, this is this is the best way to go broke, right? To lose all my money. And for all those people that um, that will tell you that you get rich by concentrating in a few investment ideas, and I agree with that. The other side of the coin is that that's also the fastest way for you to lose all your money or to lose a big chunk of your money. So, and what I'm trying to get at as is I'm trying to be here, not to blow up, right? Um, to be here 40 years from now, 50 years from now. So I put some systems in place. One of them, I live in the city center of Lisbon. I go walk whenever I found a company that excites me and I get all fired up and I tell my girlfriend, I found this company. It makes whatever this and that and that. Uh, I got to buy it. And I, she now tells me, no, we've got to go walk, take a walk around downtown. And we take a walk. It's like one hour. And I explain, I pitch her the company and she, and she has no financial background. She's in marketing and sales. And she will ask me questions and it will help me get better, refine my thought about that company. And then she will ask me how much of your capital, what percentage of your capital will you put in it? And then I start with, I don't know, 20 and then no, maybe 20 is too much. 20, and then I start thinking about it. I turn it down. I, it's a process that helps me control myself. So that's it. Uh, you could say, you could say that I have a broken algorithm. So it's, you couldn't put it, it's value or growth guy. I think it's like rock and roll. Sometimes it's a really heavy ones. And then sometimes you just want to play some mellow uh, tune. So it's, it's, I think that's my form of investing. Okay. It, it's uh, I think I might, I might name the title of this episode, Je ne sais quoi investing. You know, you, <laughs> you can't, you don't know. You just, you know, it's something, you know, it's something you want to look into. Um, it's, 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 let me do that. I'm sorry to interrupt. Uh, it's something that they don't tell you is that investing is super personal, right? What works for me and it can be the best stock or the best company ever might not work for Bobby Craft. So it's something that you need to be able to slip tight and, or get enthusiastic about, um, you yourself, you got to identify with that stock or with that company. Again, Ian Castle the other day was saying that, especially in micro caps, if you want to gain the conviction to hold stocks, especially micro caps, because they can go down like 50% in a, in a few days, you to build that conviction, you need to get some feeling, get a, some attachment to that the company's mission or to where they they're what they want to be doing uh, or changing in the world. So I think that's it. Sorry. I sometimes I just ramble. <laughs> no, I, I, I love them. Man. I, this, this is why we do this. There's no, there's no time limit here. Um, so then what are the companies that, as you say, get you up in the morning, that ideal investment that fits that, that, that's your, it fits your strategy and, and the game that you want to play. This will might sound obvious, but usually it's a company that I envision uh, that that it will be worth a lot more in five years from now. And of course, everyone's looking for that. 
of course, that's the essence of investing is buying something now that will be worth uh, much more in a few years down the line. Usually, uh, lately, I've been gravitating towards uh, med tech companies uh, that have unique assets, uh, again, influenced by the great Ian Castle, um, that have unique assets and you, you can almost, and that's always uh, pressure from competition and all of that, but you can almost envision that in five years, there's no way other than they're going to be selling a lot more. They're going to be scaling because they just signed a distribution agreement or they just brought in another product, which is uh, complementary to their current product. Um, usually something that's unique. Having said that, I usually say that um, the my favorite stock, which I do not own, and uh, this is not a, an investment advice, is O'Reilly Automotive, right? O'Reilly is one of those companies that the largest it gets, the bigger it gets, the better, more solid the business becomes. The moat kits wider and deeper every day. And I have not bought O'Reilly because... I'm not sure. I think it's valuation and it's at 22 times earnings right now. And if you go back, I don't know, 20 years, it, the average P ratio is 22 times earnings. And you could have done 20% compound annual returns on that stock by paying that or by paying 37 times earnings, which it was back, I don't know, seven years ago. And But I still can't buy it. And don't ask me why. Sometimes the old, old things... Um, uh, the reasons are all there, but I just am not able to to buy it. But O'Reilly, simple businesses for I tend to like, although I don't own any, I tend to like simple retail stories. O'Reilly, the Joint Corp, Five Below. These are all Costco. These are all excellent businesses. Which no, 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 I'm not a shareholder in any of these, okay. uh, unfortunately. Um, but you see that they have great unit economics. They're, for me, they're super easy to understand. And then they just need to repeat it, right? To open more stores and get bigger and be able to get better margins because they're bigger so they'll, they, they can uh, negotiate with their suppliers and all of that. So these are easy stories. Some, and I'm not, again, not recommending any of them, but you can see that five years from now, they, they, they're going to be bigger, right? Um, so this is the, the simple, simple stories. You see, I'm not, because I'm not, not a, a finance guy, I, I don't have a mind for numbers and I'm actually pretty poor at maths. So I'm a story guy and I tend to drill down the thesis of the companies that I own to a, a one sentence, one line, right? For instance, uranium. I own a couple of companies uh, in the uranium space and I studied the uranium industry for one month. And then my thesis is just all the mines are closed. We need uranium to make uh, power, electric power. And the price of uranium must go up in order to incentivize the, all of those mines to go online. This is it. You can tell me, no, that's this happening there and that happening there. I just, after I buy that, if that line, that fundamental thesis has not been broken, I just ride with it. Um, and you might tell me, no, you got to learn the details. And I do. I follow the stocks. I follow the companies. I follow all of that. But what I get uh, is just the line. It's what's on my head. Until it changes, nothing changes for me. Very good. So that actually, the, my quick follow-up to that is, and this happens to be with when it comes to your research process, do you tend to take like small starter positions just to kind of get, get the beak wet, get yourself invested after you've done like your quick due diligence where like, okay, this meets my base general criteria. Now I'm going to take it to my next step due diligence, but I'm going to, let me open up a small position so that I'm invested and want to follow. So some folks do that. I'm curious if you do the same. I do. I do. Uh, it depends on the companies. I don't do it with, with all of them because that's that rationale that if you like it, uh, why do you like it? Just half a percentage point. Uh, you should own 5% or whatever. Um, the truth is, especially with micro caps, you don't 
actually know you suspect you sense that there's something special there but the management hasn't uh, done what they're supposed to do yet or the product is hasn't uh, ramped up yet the way you think it might ramp up or that company is on the brink of signing a distribute a global distribute sorry distribution agreement and then uh, for instance i have a meta company that i own just uh, a small startup position and i'm hoping that it will sign a global distribution agreement right when it does i have no problem of averaging up and it might go up like twice or three times in a, in a short period of time i have no problem then is when i'm uh, really convinced that it will play out uh, and it's not just a an opportunity it's a, a fact that it has uh, been able to do it so i do i do on startup positions not so much because i want to learn more about the business that's one of the reasons right oh i want to learn more about this business so i'm going to buy a startup position so it forces me to understand more to research it more no it's more like it's still in an early stage. It's like a venture capitalist um, kind of investing strategy. Put a, a little bit in several eggs and several baskets, and then let's see which one uh, comes out uh, winner. Winning. Uh, winninger. I like that one. Winninger. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so, you know, as a microcap investor, um, but, you know, being based in Portugal, I mean, how... How, do you like to talk to management? And if so, you know, how, how, is, how easy is it for you to get a hold of them to, to then you know, do that due diligence? Uh, I do. I do like to talk to management. I use, unlike uh, some other investors who like to talk to management on a, a regular basis, I find it very important uh, in some cases, not all cases, for instance, let's say I own Facebook, which I own. Uh, I, I have no interest in talking with uh, Mark Zuckerberg, right? First, I wouldn't get a chance to talk to him, but I have no interest. Almost all the information is out there and I've, I've seen who he is, how he acts um, and how he manages the company. Whereas with microcaps, there's the man, most of the times the, the managements don't get as much exposure as, as Mark Zuckerberg, of course. So you want to understand if the, you go along with them or if you send something. And this is more of a subject, um, how do you say it? Um, it's not something, hard facts that you're trying, that at least I'm trying to go after or uh, information that's not out there. It's just trying to get a feel for who's on the other side what type what's the character of this management team so i tend to like to talk to the management teams at when i'm starting uh, my research or when i'm doing my initial research or after i just bought a small position and then i don't tend to talk to them just to ask them okay why did the sales go up two percent and not two and a half percent like they did in the last quarter right that those minutiae, those details, I just don't care too much about it. Um, it's just the big picture and mostly the character of the person who I'm talking to. Very good. And and, and I'm guessing you also do some of your cha the channel checks as well. You know, talking with maybe customers, past employees. Do do you do some of that as well? Or very hard for me to do that. Um, I I. Thank God for the social networks and for internet, right? Uh, we were talking about Meredith. Meredith um, helped me understand a few businesses on Twitter. Uh, I just messaged her, uh, messaged her and she helped me. And on if Microcap Club, there's a lot of people or I don't know, a lot of, a lot of people that can help you. Uh, but the channel checks and former employees or clients and all of that, I sometimes think that there should be a tool for that. And I know that there's like Tigus or Tegus. I don't know how you pronounce it. Tigus. Tigus, yeah, yeah. Tigus. Um, but then there are some, for instance, if I want to know about a retailer, if that retailer is full of people or what time people are there, or if it's uh, has a lot more people than in the past month, 
I can't do that, right? Uh, I can't, well, I could just grab a plane and go and go whatever, but I would love to have a tool that would let me, it's like an Uber driver. Let's hire these people, this person to go on Saturdays to Walmart every Saturday for four months. Just go check it out and see if it's full or empty. That would be amazing. And I, someone could invent that, that tool. I don't have it. It would be good. So it's harder for me to, to do that. Also, because I don't have the, uh, the acquaintances, the, the, the people, if you come from, I don't know, a finance school, you're going to, uh, you, you will for sure meet people who are working that hedge fund or in that, uh, uh, I don't know, in that business and that your network is bigger than mine. Mine is still small, but we're working on it. Very good. So you mentioned a, an experience that, or an investing experience that had a huge effect on your career when you invested in that, uh, the, the, uh, Portuguese bank that eventually went bankrupt. Um, how you put in 10k euro and took it out at 9k because you're like, okay, I lost a little, bit, but I'm I'm in. What what would you say was another investing experience that really changed your career for the most? That that showed a- after you started been in it for a while, did the work, you understood, you you kind of got a sense of what your strategy was. Do you have an, do you have a story like that that really was like, all right, this really helped me say this is the type of investor that I am. I have, but it's not what you're uh, expecting. It's not a stock. It's uh, it's a, a because, because of this that I just told you about that, because I'm in Portugal and I haven't, I, I didn't study in a, a, a finance um, school or whatever. So I don't have the, the network and I have, had very few mentors so and mentors are really important like if you have uh, interned that hedge funds for your entire college time um, you will come out of college much better prepared right because you've contacted with people who have that strategy and the other strategy and all of that and then among all of these you can find out who you are so for someone who was an architect that's harder and at some point i saw gary mishuris from silver ring value partners uh, announcing a, an internship position for his fund and i was like because i had worked for a for a an architecture practice which was like um how do you say how do you i'm trying to put it nicely they have a bunch of architects doing internships, unpaid internships, and they are just exploiting the pee out of these people. And I was one of them. And I, because I saw it firsthand and I didn't like it, I just went berserk on Gary Mishuri's on LinkedIn. Like, you're trying to exploit people and uh, you're not paying them and this and that. And what are you trying to do? And he was like, what? Who are you? You don't know anything about me and what I'm offering. Actually, people who have done my, have gone through my internship said it was one of the best things they could have done. And this clicked and I was like, I'm sorry. And I just researched Gary and I actually want to be a part of that. I want to take your internship program. Can I? And he accepted me. Then there's a, 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 an admissions process and he accepted me. And it was the best thing that I could ever have done uh, was that acknowledgement that, that I was being an asshole and that even if I didn't get paid um, money for it, the knowledge and the experience that Gary uh, shared with me, I, I now that I know, I would gladly pay a lot, a lot for that. So... I, I can thank Gary publicly. I thank him in private. And for all uh, people that are just starting to invest or uh, in their invests at the start of their investing journey, I cannot recommend it enough, the Gary Mishuri's internship program, because it's that guy really delivers a lot of value. Very nice. Yeah, that that's very that's a great story, and I love I love that he accepted you too. You know, after uh, you you tried calling him out, <laughs> Gary's a great guy. Uh, he's been on the show a couple of times, so I, I I can co-sign that one as well. So, you know, we're rounding the bend here. 
before we get into, you know, some of the typical questions I asked to, to, you know, finalize stuff, Portugal. Yeah, we got to go to that one. Well, first of all, now let's turn the, the this upside down. Oh, okay, I'll tell you. So why, why? Well, uh, you, you told me that you want to come to live in Portugal. Eventually. Why? Eventually. So my, my wife and I have always wanted to, uh, you know, we want, we want to have our, our children to have a global experience. We'd love, we've always dreamed of living outside the U.S. at some point. Um, you know, uh, we've looked around other parts of the U.S., you know, at times and, you know, nothing really kind of worked for us. And listen, we live in California. Say what you want about gas prices and taxes and, you know, whatever your political stuff is. It is one of the best places to live ever. I mean, you got the beach. I'm a big surfer. You got mountains not that far away. There's so many different things and camping uh, far there's uh, uh, the, the national parks. I mean, there's so many amazing things about California. So for us, it was really hard to think like, how could we leave the California to go to another part of the, the U S we just, we love it. Um, but when we started to look outside the U S you know, uh, the, we just, we've always been kind of drawn to Europe. I mean, we, we went to Paris together. That's where we got engaged. We just, we absolutely loved it. Um, and, and just wanting to be in a, just understand different cultures and having kind of a home base to really explore a lot more, more of the world. And when we were looking around, Portugal seemed to be that kind of like under the radar, almost low cost European solution to that issue. I mean, I think it's getting more and more discovered as I'm speaking, this, as I'm saying this, but it seemed to be that low cost solution. And then when we started seeing just once we saw it was kind of the low cost solution, we started kind of doing our due diligence and it almost had, very a California vibe, you know, a very, uh, you have your beaches. I mean, surfing is probably at, next to soccer, probably the national sport. Um, you know, uh, uh, Lisbon's a beautiful city. From what I hear, Porto is amazing as well. Um, there's lots of, there's national forests. And then from there, the cost of living, I heard, I under, from what I understand is a lot less than other parts of Europe. And then getting around Europe from there is also just very enticing. So that was some of our, our, our thesis. Uh, you know, we have family in Israel as well. So, you know, it also makes it easy to kind of go and, and visit them. Um, it's not too bad of a flight back, back to the U S you know, so that was kind of our, that was some of our, our thesis. Tell me if break my thesis, tell me if I'm wrong about anything that I just said. No, I hope you're not wrong. I hope you're not wrong. <laughs> the, the one thing I would recommend is to come here first. We're going to do that first. Yes. Like on, on uh, yeah. Vacation to take yeah. a, take a, a look around a tour. I would, I, I can set everything up for you. If you want, we have now let's, let's promote my country. Beautiful beaches. It's amazing. The food, the food is amazing. It's one of those. The other day, I was seeing someone. I, I think it was, it was a chef uh, saying that the Italians were able to promote their food quite uh, strongly uh, around the world. The French as well, the French cuisine, the Spanish as well, and we didn't. But at the same time, I'm super happy because I get to eat all of these amazing food uh, and just. People don't know about it. It's like a, a hidden secret. And up until Ryanair, the low-cost airline, uh, started flying to Portugal, it was really an undiscovered country. We're one of the, the poorest countries uh, in terms of economy uh, in the European Union. But then we have all of this great stuff. Some some people compare it and say that it's the California of Europe and it's going to be quite different, Bobby quite different um, but does a lot a lot of stuff i don't know if you like wine we have great wine um, and there's a lot of stuff to like having said this there's also things that you won't like bureaucracy uh, portuguese people tend to the younger folks not not so much but tend to complain a lot uh, about this about that about everything uh, so there are obviously things not to like about portugal but as a general statement it's a pretty good country to live in and it's i would say depending on where you're coming from or what you're comparing it to it's super cheap right i've been to the other day i've been to ireland to dublin and I was like, what? A coffee, a regular espresso, it's four times the price of a regular espresso here. So on that, in that sense, it's an amazing place to come. Having said this, just another caveat, 
do not um, leave your uh, or sell your home there. Well, you got to do what you, you got to do. But the best thing for me would be to be here in the summertime and then on the wintertime, just head off to a better, uh, better place. Because at least I don't like wintertime. So it's so gray and dark and gloomy. So I would head on to California in wintertime. <laughs> Well, I, I have to, you know, we, I think we're a few years away from being able to do that. Uh, but, <laughs> but no, that's, that's some great insight. Yeah, no, we're, we're definitely going to visit there first, um, you know, rather than just uh, pack up and go, uh, uh, you know, we got two kids, we got two kids now. We can't just, <laughs> we can't, yeah. can't just do that. Tell, tell me when you come and for all, all, all of those that are listening to this conversation or watching, uh, just you can uh, reach me and we, we'll get to there uh, how you can reach me but just reach out to me and i will help you i'll give you tips uh, the other day for instance copy of uh, ventures and capitalism i met him here in port in lisbon and then he went to the Azores. i sent him a word document with everything that you can do in uh, the Azores. Wow. I, I i like to show the country around i, I can't do it uh, all the time but i like to show the good things of my country and for all those who are listening and for yourself too bobby come between april and october which is the spring summer and a bit of autumn which is much much better than the other months is it that, i mean is it that bad the winter uh, you know uh, it's not the same thing for instance in lisbon you have the the river if you like to i don't know to go sailing you can go sailing you have the beach and uh, you have bars in the beach you can just sit around drink a mojito listen to some cool music there are parties it's much better in the winter time you're just with an umbrella going from museum to museum do you understand what, what i'm saying no i got you i got you so so in i mean is it is it as rainy on the at the beaches uh during during uh what is it i guess november to march yeah it's it's well if you're a surfer you can surf all year round of course you're going to be with your wetsuit and all that uh, <laughs> uh but to just to to hang out does we like to to how do you say live in, live in the street not live in the street to the to hang around in the the squares and in the street and all of that right so in the winter time you just can't do that so it's much better experience if you come during the spring and summertime and even autumn as well gotcha all right so we're i'm, I'm gonna get that word document from you uh so so manuel to close us out here you know what what advice then do you have for maybe some of your fellow countrymen that have never heard about or thought about investing in microcaps you know what do you have a message for them to uh, on, on about all in stocks or maybe how to get involved? Yeah. First, don't pay, don't make big mistakes when you're in starting to invest, when you're just learning. And a lot of people say, I hear a lot of people saying that no concentration, and I've mentioned this concentration is the way to go to build wealth. Yes, but that's for the great guys the ones that know what they really know what they're doing so you don't put all the eggs in one basket take small steps small bets um because you're going to make a lot of mistakes when you were just starting out and so a, a good way to learn you're gonna is to uh, how do you say to limit those mistakes and uh, to small bets and do not get too enthusiastic about one single company at to the point that you're going to lose uh, a lot of your money. So that's one. The other one is learn, 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 learn how, as much as you can. Don't be afraid to ask questions. And I've been, a, I don't, I'm not sure if I've been, uh, people think bad, bad of me, badly of me. Sorry, my, my, my English is, isn't very good, but uh, I ask a lot of questions because when I don't know, for instance, on Twitter, uh, let's say someone is talking about a you know, difficult investment con concept, I'll ask and people will tell me and because Twitter is limited in the characters that you can write or uh, type, people will limit what they're saying and then I'll ask again and again and again and then what happens then uh, I'm, I'm a pain in the ass sometimes uh, but don't be afraid to to show that you don't know and to ask questions that's I think that's a great place to end it right there so Manuel 
with that, where can our audience go and find more information about you, follow you on social media, get in touch with you? They're, you know, you might have a travel guide business that you might start as a result of this. <laughs> but uh, where, can folks, where can folks go? If, find if you ever want to make a, a, an event in Portugal, bring it on. That's that's one. Uh, people can find me at allinstocks.com. Um, for those who are listening, who are just new to investing, I'm launching, and a shameless plug here, I'm launching a course in the, in the next week, in the coming week. It won't be a regular course where I dump things. I'm going to be teaching you, training you with live, um, live uh, lessons, with case studies, with exams, all of that, all in stocks.com. You can find it there, all in stocks.com at YouTube as well. And uh, on Twitter, Manuel Bean. I think you're going to put it here, right? Somewhere. Yes. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be right here. We're on right here or here. But anyways, Manuel, it was an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for joining me today. I really do appreciate it. Good luck. Stay safe. And uh, you never know. Might see you in person soon. Thank, thank you for having me. It was a great pleasure. Thank you. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not an offer or solicitation of an offer to buy or sell securities. SNN Network, SNN Inc., and the Planet Microcap Podcast and the representatives are not licensed brokers, broker dealers, market makers, investment bankers, investment advisors, analysts, or underwriters. We do not recommend any companies discussed. We may buy and sell securities in any company mentioned and may profit in the event those securities rise in value. We recommend you consult with a professional investment advisor, broker, or legal counsel before purchasing or selling any securities referenced in this podcast. Podcast.